Hey guys, I mean, hey friends, because you can't really say guys anymore, because <laughs> saying guys is pretty offensive. So hey y'all. That's so Southern, I feel offended by that. Hello, hello friends. Better, but what if they're not your friend? Hey peeps. Peeps, okay. Sheep. Or not hello, peep. hello listeners. Listeners, good. Have you ever thought of starting your own podcast? Yes. I We thought about starting our own podcast, and we didn't know where to begin folks, peeps, guys, y'all, <laughs> listeners, you know, we knew we had an idea and we wanted to do this thing, but we didn't really know how to put it out there, how to find followers, and more importantly, at some point, how to make money. So the answer, which we've learned, is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free to use. Anybody can use it, and you can record from your phone like we've done countless times, so many times last season, which means you can get paid to have your podcast right away. So I love Anchor because we can distribute to all of our friends. It's easy because it sets up the RSS for all the different websites, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, the list goes on. We love Anchor. So Anchor's away! If you want to do a podcast, me. you should really do Anchor. Go Anchor. I'm old. You're not. Shut up. You're hot. Ravi, get off Grinder. I mean, call me out. Boomer and the Millennial! Yeah! <laughs> oh my god, that was so wrong. <laughs> it's September. It's, it's September. It's the pre-autumnal edition. And all of a sudden, randomly, it totally became fall. Right? Today. It totally. Like but, but but legit, like, this week yeah. was just fall. And hello, it feels good. But really you know, feels you know good. what feels the best? What? Pumpkin coffee. I know that it's makes too me... too soon for I know, pumpkin no, I coffee. I know it makes me really like basic. pushing Christmas in July. <laughs> but pumpkin when Dunkin'... Pumpkin coffee comes, Stop like, it. October. Or when maybe Dunkin', late September. When Dunkin' Donuts has their pumpkin coffee... Yeah, it's pretty good. It just lights me up. <laughs> and I'm so happy. And here we are, season two, Boomer <laughs> and the Millennial. So what lights you up normally? What else lights you oh, up, Ravi Roth? Well. <laughs> what's been lighting you up this summer? What's been lighting me up this summer? Well, this summer was really cool because there was a three-week stint where I did three trips. I did a gay summer camp, an adult summer camp. Oh, my God. It wasn't naked. Don't worry. Where was that? <laughs> it was in Kent, Connecticut. And it was <coughs> Excuse me. filled. <coughs> oh, are you okay? You'll hear more about that in a minute. <laughs> oh. Go ahead. Uh, it was filled with, like, acrobatics and crazy workouts and crazy hiking and lots of drag shows and Carson Kressley, who's, like, now, like, my BFF. Wow. Um, it, it was amazing. Uh, highly recommend going to... Club getaway. That's what I did this summer. And then I went to Seattle, did a whole press trip there. And then I went on a gay cruise. The first ever LGBTQIA PK. By the way, there's a P and a K now. What's that? The P is for pansexual. What does that mean, Cheryl? Um, that you like people of all different. You like women. You like men. You sleep with everybody. Um, you're attracted <laughs> to... Uh, sure, in a way. You're attracted to... Males Men. with female genitalia, <clears throat> right, females with right. male genitalia, mixed match, hodgepodge. We just love the person. And the K love is, is love. I don't know. Kink. Kink. Where's that been all these years? <laughs> Girl, you know where that's been all these years. At kinky boots down the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about you? What's been lighting you up this summer? Oh my god, I've, I've been lit and I've been extinguished. <laughs> I've had both. 
Okay. It's been a very interesting Well, tell summer. me about the lighting. Well, lighting was good. It started out with the Bang Memorial Day weekend. We went out to Westchester to our friend's fabulous manse and then oh. went hiking and major swimming. And I was felt really fit and yes. fabulous. And June was good. And I did staged readings. And I hired three interns this summer from NYU. These kids are so brilliant. The Gen Zers, man, are freaking me out. They're so smart. <laughs> and um, I hired three different gals from... They, it was like the United Colors of Benetton. These girls from 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 Spain, from China, from Georgia. They're all three Ugh. beautiful, amazing girls from NYU. Uh, two of them had graduated. One is still there. You know, they're they're girls from the Tisch School, so they're in the arts. They're in theater mostly and film. However, they all have majors in business or marketing, and that's why that's I so hired smart. them because so I wanted them to help me promote. While you were off cruising the nation, <laughs> the world, promote on social and develop my um, website for my college audition personal trainer, Capped. That's Capped, Cheryl Stern dot com. Check it out. I it's am amazing. the college audition personal trainer for musical theater auditions. So come to my house. I swear to God, I'll get you into a great school. Anyway, enough with the plugging. <laughs> but so everything was going swimmingly. Uh-huh. And uh, I had one girl working on that. She's brilliant. She was doing search engine optimization and and building my following. And she got me involved in doing like blogs about yeah. what I do. Yeah. You recorded a few of them. Awesome. Amazing. She taught me about keywords and, and, and meta tags and all this stuff. Right? Everything uh-huh. I'm trying to learn yeah. as a boomer with this beautiful 20-year-old girl. Then my other intern was helping me with Shoes and Baggage with my one-woman show and promoting that for bookings all over the country. And she was awesome, too. And we made spreadsheets and, and, and mailing lists and blah, 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 blah. The third one we hired, brilliant Anna, uh, oh my worked God. with us on Boomer and the Millennial and made so us good. a website and a Facebook page. And she got us on all these things. Read right? it. Read it. This girl is fierce. She's going to be famous. Anyway, everything was going swimmingly. I go to teach at this camp, right? Uh-huh. Up in, um, up in, it's in New Jersey, but it feels, we call it Broadway in the Mountains Camp. And um, a friend of mine runs the camp. It's my second summer working with 18 kids from Shanghai and 12 American kids, all wanting to be Broadway stars and all so gifted and adorable from age 8 to like 17. Uh-huh. So I'm up there at the camp and I'm working my butt off, putting on three shows with all these kids. And I wrote special material and connected all their songs and monologues. And it was really intense, but I was loving it. And all the kids started getting really sick. They got this, like, I don't know, tsetse fly flu thing. <laughs> and, of course, my second week up there, right before the big shows that I've been writing and directing and working with these kids on, I get the disease. And it was like nothing it, I've ever had. It was like my, a whooping cough. It was just like, I don't know, it started like a cold. I had 102 fever during the show day on the Saturday uh-huh. of the performances. I came home, I got in bed, and I didn't get out for, like, a week. But in the middle of all that, I had been interviewing surgeons because I had a little skin cancer on my nose. Now, everybody my age seems to be getting these. It's not melanoma. It's a squamous cell skin cancer, much like the basal cell. All these boomers, we sat in the sun and we cooked ourselves like, you know, raw meat, like a piece of chicken. Every summer, every Easter in Florida, we all, I cooked 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 and this nose got like fried 
So this was not surprising to me. It's highly treatable, no. 99% okay, but curable. But before you went away to this camp, I had a you, you were, because I had to get a little thing cut off of you did, my, my lip. Of my lip. And you were saying you had to get a little thing cut off of your nose. Right. Um, and we were like, oh, well. And I mean, I was a little worried, but like not super worried. Were you worried? Did you think it was I was worried because I was pretty sure it was probably something not good because yeah. of just my history and what I know, you know, it's happening to so many of us. Anyway, so I still wasn't that scared until I started meeting with these doctors and they went, oh, that's very bad. That's very bad. And I was like, you mean bad in terms of the the cancer cells and they're like no 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 in terms of what it's going to look like because of scarring because of it's right in the center of my nose and I'm like I'm an actress I can't do this it's going to ruin but my not life only, but when, not only you being an actress though Cheryl but you being this fashion and this yeah, shoes, and, shoes baggage. and baggage oh, and like that everything. is your life like and your nose is your nose and your face like I mean you look amazing oh, you take you're care very of kind, this but face I'm vain and, and you know in the middle of all this my mother's 97 years old and um, raised her daughters to be beautiful and to cover us with gorgeous clothes and hide any flaws that we have to be beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. And my one woman show is all about becoming a shopaholic because I was always trying to hide what wasn't perfect and all this stuff. So here I am. With, I'm going to have to go visit her in like two weeks after having this thing excised from my nose. So I'm freaking out. I can't tell my mother about any of this. And if you're listening to this, Everybody knows already, but if you're listening to this, hush up, don't tell mama. If you know my mother, don't tell her. Anyway, so, because <laughs> she, she doesn't need to know about these things. So, I, you know, in the midst of the camp and the getting sick, I'm scheduling surgery. Now, they have to do this thing called Mohs surgery. Anybody out there, most baby boomers know exactly what it is because they've either had it or their husbands had it or somebody's had it. They take out the cancer thing and then they look under a microscope while you're sitting there with a big bandage after they've cut this thing out of your face and they they ascertain whether they've gotten all the cells. And if they haven't, you're still right there and they can go back and take more until Ugh. they get it all out. So this is what happens. I go in there and they do the first layers of taking this stuff off and it's freaky. You're awake. You just get Novocaine. And then you wait an hour and a half and then... They come back, the doctor comes back, and he's like, uh, we're not done yet, you have more. And he shows me on a, like, a picture where they draw, you know, just like a line drawing of a face yeah. where there's like more on the top and the bottom. And then you go back in there, and you can hear them like oh, snipping. God. Totally, totally gross. Ugh. So, but the good news is, then he comes in, and this is like a Dr. Gorgeous, you know, very fixed, very gorgeous, <laughs> shiny white teeth kind of perfect skin and probably in his 50s congratulations Cheryl you're cancer free <laughs> and those are the words that matter and that's what you want to hear right. and you're terrified because it's your face so now what he does is he doesn't sew it up because he knows I'm an actress and he sends me to the gold standard of plastic surgeons in Manhattan on Park Avenue to get this thing sewed up properly. Are you like freaking out at this point though? On your way? Well, I knew this. I had planned all right, this. Right, but on your way, you're like... You're just kind of in a If something happens daze. on the way, like what, you don't they get bandage cold. it up. It's fine. And you haven't seen it, so you don't know. And my husband had seen it. He was in the room. Tom was in the room when they were putting the last bandage on. He didn't think it looked that bad. But it's a big hole in your face. Anyway, so the, I go to the plastic surgeon. He sews it up very carefully. He is like Mr., you know eyelid and nose job man of Park Avenue. These beautiful blondes are all in there. When I'm waiting with my big bandage on my nose, there's these gorgeous women waiting to get their, you know, eye lifts and things. Anyway, oh so God. I go home 
And then somehow this cold thing that I've had that seemed to subside rears its head to the point where I have the most violent bronchitis ever of my life. More fever. I've got this huge bandage on my nose. I'm coughing up a lung. And this has gone, this went on until basically like two days ago. So I was God, sick for that's um, quite a summer. six weeks, five, six weeks. And in the middle of that, dealing with the surgery. So everything is fine. I will survive. Everything's okay. But it brings you to your frigging knees sometime when everything just goes at once. And I really pretty much had a, a meltdown in the middle of all Well, this. I do feel, okay, so right kind of maybe a week after your surgery? Yeah. I came back. Um, That's right. I think I was home for one day. I was about to go away for another week or something, or I just got back. And I remember I was on the phone with my mom. And I, just, and I said to my mom, I said, I don't know what. I don't know what to do right now because I was just with the person who is my mentor, my oh. role model, my, my, my everything, my second mother in New York. And she was so down about her life that like, I didn't know what to do. And my mom said, you know what? You, you, all you can do is be there for that person. Oh. And, and you know, it's a rut and it's something that sucks. And, you know, you know, your father had cancer and he was in his own dark place and people get through it and they move on, but you're there for them. You're not their fixer. That's right. You're there for them and you're there to share, you know, she was there for you and you're there for her. And, um, but, your mother's it, amazing. but it did, it did you're worry me. The, nobody it can me. fix you. It worried me. Michelle, I know. Because you never see me like that. <clears throat> I've never seen you. I, I've never seen you pessimistic. <laughs> I've seen you be like, oh, this sucks. Or I've seen you be like down for a little bit, but you are somebody that bounces right back. True. And to see you in a place where you just weren't sure where Mm-mm. to go. That was just, cause it's like, you know, you help me with all of my shit, all of my dark times, all the times I'm in tears, I but, try, for, but, but I can't but, fix it. Either. But to have the, it, it reversed for a second. It's just, it was mm. just a, um, it was a heavy I'm moment, sorry. but I'm sure it's heavier. Oh, please, no, a lot heavier for you. Yeah, than... but it's true. You can't, and we all go through this with our friends and family. It's important to talk about that. And I'm going through this with my mother and my sister, who are both not well. And I, I have to always tell myself I can't fix them. Yeah, and it's hard because you want to, when you care about people, you want to be able to make it go away, either psychologically or physically. And we can't, you know, and then your mother's absolutely right. She's very wise. You just have to be there for people. But you know what? That means everything. And I realized this during this whole time that I have frigging amazing husband and I have frigging amazing friends who were, have just been unbelievable, not in ways of like corny sappy, but just like checking in every day and just with a sense of humor Mm -hmm. and letting me vent that's so and that's important. a lot of it. We forget that sometimes it's just you. Just, even if you hate what they're saying, you have to let you people to vent, and you have to listen. It's not always about giving advice, right? And I'm bad at that. I always think I'm supposed to, like you said, I think I'm supposed to give the advice. I'm supposed to be the the, the life coach, and we're it's not. Hard, it's hard to just listen and not give advice. Correct. Sometimes, but also it's therapists it's, do it. Therapists you make a lot of money doing Girl. it. Girl. Right, <laughs> but they know that that that's part of it, and that that's really important. And if they can say one nugget at the end of all your venting, yeah, that it's worth it. 
that's what's interesting. I mean, you're skilled at that. You, you're, you're really good at, um, the nuggets. I, you know, I think I like a good nugget. I I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm a vegetarian, but, um, you know, I'm a veggie nugget. I've been, I've been going through this, this thing and and honestly, it's been, it's been, um, really since coming into recovery. So it's been now 19 months of me being clean. Um, Bravo. That's wow. Thanks. 19 months. 19 months. Oh my God. Um, but what I struggle with is the two worlds. It's the, it's the Jacqueline Hyde worlds. There's the world of sobriety and then there's the world of non-sobriety. And I really struggle because I don't want to just hang out with sober people. I don't want to just have sober friends. And also, like, I do drink on occasion. I am not completely sober. I don't do drugs. But I do drink. And I know that that is also sometimes, like, a weird scenario, too. So I do feel like it's been a lot of... um, Like, where do you belong? Of, like, where do I fit in? Where do I I belong? And Tell them what you were telling me about, like, hanging out with older people. Okay, so... (laughs) Uh, I was on a cruise. So this last cruise that I went on. Yeah. Um, so 19 months, no drugs. I'm on the cruise. My one day at sea, the internet goes down and I see people doing G. G was the drug that, that took me down. Drug. And I can't call my sponsor. I can't call any fellows. So I'm in the middle of the sea and people are doing this drug. <gasps> and I'm just like, what do I do? And, I, you know, I've learned like... I've learned a lot of tools along the way, so I leave the situation. The next day, we go to P-Town. Last time I was in P-Town, I overdosed. Oh, and my God. So we go to P-Town. We go to the same club, and I'm with a bunch of people doing the drug that took me down. And I saw these two guys, Matthew and Michael, who were with me on the cruise. And I said, hey guys, can I talk to you for a second? They came outside, and I said, look, I, I had a problem with this drug. I know it's around right now. And they're like, what do you want? Do you want to go to get pizza? Do you want us to leave uh-huh. with you? And it was just like, and then I went up to the people that were doing the drug, and I just said, hey, guys, like, I have a problem with this. Please don't give it to me no matter how much I ask. And also, like, just respect the fact that, like, I had a problem with this. They were so cool. And even though they were high and on this drug, like, I was able wow. to overcome that. And, you know, we get back to the city. And I met up with those guys that were doing the drug. And they were like, we're so proud of you. You didn't make it dramatic. You didn't make it a scene. And you didn't do it. And, like, that's amazing. And you didn't so do cut, it. cut five days later, I go to another house party. I go to a random house party in New York on a Saturday at five o'clock in the afternoon and at six thirty, I go inside and everyone's doing Coke and granted Coke was not the drug that like took me out, but Coke led to the drug that took me out. Right. So, and I have to remain completely drug free. So, uh, I left and I came home and I saw my roommate Chuck who's 67 and his <laughs> girlfriend Jean, who's so cute. And I opened the door and I was like, fuck, <laughs> like this sucks. Um, I was just at a party at like six 30 in the afternoon. People are doing Coke and they're like, well, you really need to change your friend group, Robbie. And I'm like, great. I'm hanging out with like Mr. and Mrs. Santa Claus. No, I don't mean that. <laughs> See, no, I, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say I that. Know, I can appreciate it. It's no, okay. I'm hanging out with the baby boomers and you it's are, like, I don't want to not. And they're, you're they're sitting here age. watching like a, like a 1930s black and white like movie. We do. <laughs> and it's like, that is not what I want to be doing on a Saturday no. night. <laughs> I understand that you. It, it's like, and I get it. I get that I have to change my friend group, but it's you're like in the in between. And I'm in the in between. I'm in the constant state of beta. I'm in the constant state of like the space between. The space and between. and I do know what's healthy and what's unhealthy. I know it's and healthy I'm for really, me. And I'm really, I'd say I'm really proud of you. But that's amazing. Just the story that you just told, and that you were able to walk away from all that, and that you were able to ask for help, 
And again, just let people listen to what you had to say. That's big shit, Ravi. That's but big. But here we are. I, I, we, just, here we, here I get we are. nervous just even hearing that, hearing that you, you were on those cruises and you went to those parties and all of that. I'm like, oh my God. But Cheryl, it was in Seattle. It was at the gay camp. It's but this in New is York. what you do. You're Ravi around the world. So you're throwing yourself into this But it's this also today. Today, I, you know, today Parties. is a weekend. And you're so, here. And uh, every one of my normie friends, I call them normies. Are we the normies? Norm, the normies that aren't into like Old aren't normies. <laughs> the, the normies. The normies aren't going to this place, but everyone else is going to the circuit party tonight. So it's like, do I, do I go to, what do I do? Like go to a meeting at 10 p.m. tonight and like hang out with Cheryl and Tom. Um, you know what? The answer yeah. is I'm recreating art. We're here right. and we're we're doing something that is for our careers and our lives and it's making me feel damn good and I know what that other life is like. Thank you. That's a mouthful. You know what that other life is like and you don't want it. You have to hang yeah. on to that. But man, it's hard. I get it and I support you. And if you want to sit here eating Doritos and hummus taco dip with us and watching old TCM movies, which is probably what we'll do when we're done with this, you know you have a home. But the, Okay, so but the point is, you do need to find a community. You need to find a culture of people your age that, that are just living their life, that aren't... Um, but you said it, we were talking a little bit before, and you said it earlier. When you say people who are sober, do you mean people who have been through a program who have recovered or do you just mean people who don't abuse either drugs or alcohol i mean people there's either people in the Two program yeah or there's people that aren't and i want to find people that are just out there that right kind of i want to find people that moderation. are spiritually fit like yeah. the guy i just met tell us about that um so this summer i've also been really putting myself out there dating wise you know i've been on speed dating oh I've been my doing, god the stories i met this guy he, we went, after last Sunday, I came over, we were like shooting, you and I were yes. shooting the shit. We, we actually did a, 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 watch the video on Boomer and the Millennials website, Facebook yeah. page and Instagram, <laughs> where Cheryl does her tell all about her cancer, which is, is really beautiful and really touching and inspiring. And, um, if you haven't watched that, watch it. Thank after you, that, I went on a date and after that we went to this Thai restaurant and, um, I went in there pretty negative because the last few dates I went on were really bad and I was tired, but I was lit up from our, from our meeting that we had. And, um, we started talking and we started ordering food and I asked if he wanted to share some spring rolls and he said he's gluten free. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't. Are you gluten free? <laughs> oh, stop. You're a vegetarian. Okay. And then but he you said, have some food restrictions, oh, just a few more. Yeah. Then he tells me that he got diagnosed with MS 10 years ago. Wow. And that they said he was going to be paralyzed within seven years and that if he didn't change his, so then he went on YouTube and looked up all these ways you can heal yourself. He went to a doctor. They gave him all this medication. He said, you know, fuck that noise. I don't want to do medication. I'm going to change what I eat. I'm going to eat gluten-free. I'm going to eat the pescatarian. I'm going to meditate and do yoga. And 10 years later, he's killing it. And mm, I just had amazing. this amazing connection with him. No alcohol. No substances. Good. Gluten-free food. So what? And it was great. And we had our second date last night. And he's a really big singer. 
I'm not going to tell you who it is because no, we don't know if, if by the next episode if we'll still be talking or not. But he's so cute and he challenges me and he want, he makes me feel like I want to be a better human. Oh my God, him. this is a lot. Okay, so no matter what happens with this relationship, you know that this sort of person is out that there in the universe. Soul. Somebody, And that's what you're looking for. Yeah. You're not looking to be at a house party. What's the other thing you're talking about that they're doing tonight? The circuit party. Circuit party. What's a circuit party? It means lots it's of like drugs. It's like... Everyone gets really high and dances and has sex at a club. Yeah, we did that in the 70s. See, it's nothing's new. Yeah. But then you're over it. And, and I think it's interesting, too, because you're not 22. You're in your prime. You're not old. You're young. You're in your prime. But you're in a place of wanting to ground and wanting I, to I connect. Do the, you're done with yeah, that. You I'm did done it. With it. I'm done with it. I'm it's done with it. It's not even about whether you're around people who use or don't use. It's like you're done with that. This is your life now. Yeah. Now you're moving forward. And we're doing a podcast a, on a, 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 a wide, eyes on a wide open life. Yeah. Right. And yeah. to me, it's so clear where your path is. You got so much going on in terms of your what you're creating on your own. You have so much to give to somebody, to lots of people. That's what you have to. If you just focus on that, yeah. It, you you have to move on. You're in a different phase. It's more about that than who's sober and who's not sober. Does that You're make right. any You're sense? You're right. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't know into going into the state if he was sober or not sober, but, but I did feel like that we connected. We connected on a spiritual level, which I think is so much more important. So cool. Yeah, for where I'm at right now. I really hope this moves forward. But again, it's like going to an audition. It's like what I say to my students. It's more about knowing you did everything and walking in the room and feeling at peace and excited about what you're bringing in the room and how you connect to the people in the room. It's the same thing with searching for a relationship, I think. When you can get in that zone and say, this is who I am. This is what I'm interested in. This is what I want. This is what I have to give. Then... Then you're living in a, in a, in a healthy yeah. and an open place. And then you meet people. <laughs> and that's the same with, listen to me, what do I know? I was the one that was like depressed two weeks ago. Okay, wait, so let's go back to that. How did you get out of, how did you get out of I don't know if I am. You helped me by having to do that 10 minute video that you can watch. Okay, really though, <laughs> it helped you by, by, by putting it out publicly? You, re- you turned me around and that was what, a week ago? Because I just didn't want to do anything, and I still am not feeling comfortable with how I look because I, there's. I can't know, even a, see it. I know well, but I see it, and it'll go away, and it's all good, and I have great doctors. But I was still very like coony. I didn't want to do anything, and I didn't really want to share it. And you said to me last week, "Let's just make a video. Let's just do it." And I. How didn't was talk. that for you, being going public about it all? Uh once we finally shot the thing and I, I was done, I felt absolutely released about it. I didn't give a shit what anybody else thought. And I wasn't looking for permission. And I felt great about it. Now, how does, but how does, how did it feel? How has it been for you in the that past week? Being Amazing public? because of the response that I well, tell me, received. Tell me more. Not about, oh God, I'm getting so many friends on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> but my already friends... <laughs> You know, because it's 10 minutes. Not People who don't know you very well aren't going to give a shit. They're not going to watch it anyway. And I kind of knew that. And I thought the only people that are going to really stop their scrolling and actually watch this thing are people that know me very, very well. So it wasn't about my social media standing in the world. It was about just saying to my friends, hey, if you want to listen to this, this is what's been going on. 
And so people that are close to me and people that just known me for a long time, it's mostly the Facebook world, some Instagram, but everybody was writing, oh my God, Cheryl, I've had three Mohs procedures. I've had melanoma. I have squamous. I've had basal. Oh my God. I had it on my nose. It took six months, but then it looks perfect. Trust me. People coming out all over. So then you felt support? Not only support, but yeah, community and the fact that no one is alone. But yeah, that so many people have gone through this and continue to go through it that, you know, Part of it is get over yourself. And another part of it was really beautifully supportive. And people saying, I get it. I've been there. And you know what? Good for you because you got to just get over it and move on. And other people coming out about all their other ailments and more serious things, certainly more serious things, which I made very clear in the video that I know this is like a minor, this is nothing compared to what people endure. Yeah, but it's not necessarily and, about what it was, but what it did to you. Right. It's about how you how you process things like psychologically. And also, and also about you, vanity. And, and what big. you said so eloquently about your mother. And right. you're so, and you're she, still she so not, afraid for your I'm mother so to know. And, we're going and at the what end is of that the about? Because she, there's a lot going on. My mother's very old and not feeling well, but everything is her daughters and her beautiful girls. And my older sister's not well and has had a lot of different physical issues for a while and upsets my mother tremendously. And I'm the one that's knock on wood healthy, but, but supposed the fact to be that, fine and take you, care okay, of everybody else. But the else. fact that you are now. Don't you feel like there would but be a sense of relief? But it's also about beautiful. My mother is all about, you know, if her girls are pretty, then everything's okay. It's just how it is for her. But, and I have but to respect what about, that. What about the eating away at you on that? It eats away at me. I'm okay. terrified. To when, I, when, I, when I came out to my parents about... Um, That's what it's almost like, coming out about, my nose is not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when I came out to my parents about my drug addiction... Yeah. Um, that's big my mother said to me you know one of her only comments were were secrets keep you sick mm, okay and, and and the sense of relief just letting them know granted know. It, it wasn't the best response they were super supportive and still are but you know I know I'm doing it to protect her sure, yeah and and I do believe, and I, I talk if it and is something is another... though that, it, that that does eat away at you right no I don't know we'll see but yeah. it's very interesting because I talk about it with a lot. There's a whole other episode you'll hear about my mother and the world of caregivers and how insane that is. I can't imagine. Can we talk about I it? I can't even imagine. Oh, my God. Please tell us For another day. Anyway, I just, there's so much that, you know, boomers talk about in terms of your parents. You, you change roles and you become the parent and they become the child. And there are certain things. It's not about lying. It's just there's certain pieces of information that are not going to help them at this point. They have yeah. so much to process in their own way and you have to try to respect that. And protect it in a way. And I've had a lot of conversations with other friends with elderly parents. And they're like, Cheryl, there's no need to yeah. offer this information right now. She's got a lot she's processing already. Um, I think so, it's so, but it is so interesting right? that it's like, it's like the child, you're still a child. And you're... Exactly. <laughs> and it's painful for me to not go, mother, help. I had a really scary thing happen. But I'm not a little girl anymore. And you have to accept that the roles change. It's very yeah. painful. And, and yet, because my mother's quite lucid right. at 97, um, you know, a little forgetful sometimes, but she knows about everything. She knows about politics. She knows everything that's going on and everybody on Dancing with the Stars and The Voice. And <laughs> she can tell you everything. Anyway, 
you have to accept that the rules change. And the yeah. rules change when the roles change. <sighs> Whoa! On that note, On that note what's, a, what's a good challenge for you for this week? For this week? Yeah, what's a good challenge? Um, I'm going to try to stay unbelievably positive, and I'm going to get all the work done that fell by the wayside this summer with my three fabulous interns, um, and get back up. Great. How about you? What's your challenge? My challenge for this week is to not look at everything so black and white. It's not just sober people and using people. There you go, Robbie. It's about finding people that are spiritually fit, that are spiritually aligned in my world. And um, to maybe be a little less hard on myself. And that I might have found the person that is my spiritual soulmate. And um, there's a lot of people out there that are in that spiritual mindset. So it doesn't have to be black and white. This world is full of colors colors and gray and gray gray we sometimes we have to accept the gray that nothing Oof. is black and white oh i'm like miss truism today yeah whatever so this so we're back we're back yeah we're super stoked for this season so if you have any questions uh thoughts comments beefs <laughs> Please give us a little DM. Slide in our DMs, Cheryl. Do you know that saying? Oh, that sounds dirty. Slide in our DMs and our Insta <laughs> handle. We're not sliding in their DMs. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. It's Boomer Millennial. Not Boomer and the Millennial. Our show is called Boomer and the Millennial, but our Insta handle is Boomer Millennial. No spaces. How do you spell Millennial? Two L's and two N's. I did Peace. It. Peace. Bye. Bye.